And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic, and I'm with Eric O'Flaherty, my co-host, former Braves reliever. And Eric, this was a pretty uh, big, big day for the Bravos. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. <laughs> it has been – it's hard to believe yeah. it has been since 2001, but the Braves have finally broke their postseason drought and won a postseason series after losing uh, nine consecutive series, including an LCS in 2001 and eight consecutive division series, plus a wild card game thrown in there. But today they got it done, man, and they got it done with some terrific pitching – and just enough hitting uh, until the eighth inning when Ozuna and Duvall added a couple of two-run bombs to settle this thing. Yeah, I wasn't sure watching the series if, you know, the the game time messed guys up a little bit. And I, maybe I, the I, shadows I, yeah. and things like that. Because I don't know. They didn't say anything about it, though. None of the guys did, you know, except for Freddie mentioned the shadows in the 13-inning game yesterday, Late. which also yeah. a noon start. But today it was just bright sun. I mean, there was blue skies and all that. There was nothing, you know, there was no glare or apparent or anything. I don't know. I think it was a lot of really good pitching. Yeah. And a lot of guys that were a little anxious, you know, and a little, uh, that, you know, there did appear to be some guys that were a little anxious, you know, trying to do a little too much, nervous early on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, first playoff game, it's definitely a different atmosphere than guys are used to, but the, the stakes are still high, so I could see guys pressing a little bit, and you definitely saw the Reds pressing. I felt like mm-hmm. Barnhart pressed in a few at-bats. Um, they, they had some opportunities. Reds definitely had some opportunities, and it's it's hard because they were such damn good pitching in this series that, you know, it it's, too, it's tough to be too hard on the offenses, but up until about the uh, eighth inning today, it was there was not a lot of action. Have you ever seen so many nope. strikeouts? No, nope. no, I haven't. <laughs> I mean, sixty-three strikeouts in a two-game series, including thirty-five by the winning team. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a lot. Of, that's what a lot of people are complaining about with today's game, but yeah. it's. Like I said, you know, it's hard because I've never seen a starter sit 98 for six, seven innings um, or, or, or a guy throwing Bowers curveball or Ian Anderson yeah. stuff. You know, it's it's hard to tell, you know, where the blame should go if you give, right. if the, give the pitchers credit or if you want to knock the hitters for their approach. I mean, I saw some at-bats that I thought guys should have been trying to put the ball in play, and you saw some yes. pretty big swings in big situations. Um, but overall, I mean, if you look at the game-winning hit yesterday – Freddie cut down the swing yep. before he hit the the single up the middle to to walk him off. It was defensive. It, it you know you could tell he was mm-hmm. just shortening up and putting the ball, trying to put the ball in play. And you just you yep. didn't see much of that this series. But well, that's like Freddie. Said, it's, it's, 
That's Freddie. And, and yeah. you know, that's kind of what makes him special is he's a MVP caliber hitter that'll yeah. also shorten up and just take a single. And he's been around a while, you know, and he's always been that kind of hitter. He's never been got into the whole launch angle and uh, you know, swing for the down stuff. Um but yeah, that was such a professional at bat. He and Marcakis is like that, but Nick's not the same guy he used to be, obviously. But you know, he, no, I, he's not I think a home run threat like Freddie is. And you know what, though, Nick, uh, until those two run homers that Duvall and Osuna and, and Ozuna hit, the only runs that the Braves had scored, the one run yesterday, Nick started that inning with a single, and the yep. one run today, Duvall doubled home after Nick got a hit there too. So he <laughs> he had the hit that started each of those each of those. Uh, what for a while looked like they'd be the only two runs in the entire series. So, Man. yeah, but, I only watched one game yesterday after that 13 inning piece. I was kind of, I was baseballed out after watching 13 innings with a thousand strikeouts, but how about really Azuna and Duvall before they came up in the eighth inning, they were a combined O for 15 with 11 strikeouts and one walk between them. How about yep. that? Yep. And then they both hit two run bombs each after a walk. Well, you had to figure, you know, you could only contain this offense. Yeah. I mean, the, the series kind of played out exactly how I expected. Minus, I thought the Braves would would put up right. a few more runs in game one, but right. Um, it's kind it kind of played out how you did. And we had Trent on on Tuesday, and he was saying how bad the Reds' offense was, and um, I mean, they they kind of lived up to that. They totally rely on the home run. The Reds do sixty yeah. percent of their runs, and. Braves don't give up many home runs, especially their bullpen. And Will Smith, by the way, Nasty. that was one of the more encouraging signs I thought of the yep. two days. Will Smith has put it together at the right time. The swings he was getting on his slider, yeah. especially against lefties, but even against yeah. righties. I mean, he could have thrown that pitch. He could have told it was com- told him it was coming. I think he still would have got ground balls and swings and misses. It, that's the best I've seen him look. Man, the Braves, this bullpen, this vaunted bullpen, they didn't put it all together until now. And these last two days, every guy they've brought in, you know, Matzik and Mentor just had incredible escapes in that eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth innings yesterday. Uh, Will Smith been terrific. Chris Martin came back from that groin. Thank goodness for the Braves that that groin injury wasn't serious because he is a big deal, man. And then uh, Melanson, obviously, doing what he does. Uh, I just it's just one guy after another has been so impressive. and and yesterday, you know, Max Fried starts it all off. Obviously, this is a guy that's thrown six innings in twenty five days. So we were kind of worried about would he be shaking off the rust. And he goes out there and pitches as as well as he had all year. Really, I mean, going going pitch for pitch with Trevor Bauer is going to be the NL Cy Young Award winner. Yeah, he looked he looked really good. That was encouraging. And I just I think the Braves bullpen was just on another level. You know, yeah. th- there was there was multiple times where Cincinnati could have scored and Matzik loading up the bases and striking out the side that inning is just <laughs> you just don't see that type of stuff. You know, that's that's kind of why it's a shame there was no fans in the, yeah. in the stands for these games because th- those home runs today in the eighth and and the it, Matzik and Minner getting out of those jams, the, the stadium would have been collapsed. It would have been so loud. But that was Craig Kimbrell stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his classic. You know, load the you bases know? and strike out the side type of deal. But absolutely no margin for error. He can't even let him hit a sack fly. The the buildup of you know loading the bases as a reliever and and the fans basically just yeah want to end it all. You know they, they think you're definitely blowing it. And with each strikeout, that crowd would have just got louder and louder and then exploded when he when he finally got out of it. 
Well, how about this this morning? Matt's in the Zoom call. We had him this morning uh, talked about the Reds were yep. chirping. And he said that uh, it was personal stuff. He wouldn't say what it was. I asked him, can you tell us what it was? And because the fact that he wouldn't say what it was. They said the yips for sure. Exactly. They had to be yelling that. Don't be worried about the, you know, what I, I, I can just imagine what they were saying. Yeah, well, no and player is going to yell anything. If he said it was personal, they're not yelling about his family or anything. Exactly. They were just, and he threw, a, you know, I kind of worried about him when he started walking a guy or two um, mm-hmm. or getting behind guys because he threw he threw a couple pitches that weren't very close. And, you know, I was wondering watching it if if the pressure of, uh-huh. um, you know, the postseason and it could be something that set off uh, the yips because it's I feel like it's always in there once yeah. you've had it. But he pulled that inning together and just started blowing fastballs by him. I mean, his fastball. <laughs> it was 97, 98, 99. Yeah, and he gets good extension and was just blowing it by him. Um, but, yeah, I was wondering about that because I saw him after he struck him out, he kind of gave a fist pump. Uh-huh. And then when he was walking off the field, he kind of looked back and yelled something at the Reds yeah. dugout. So I kind of figured that's what they were they were bringing up. And I don't know. I mean, I, it's a different game now with no fans in the stands. It's yeah. You can definitely hear everything the dugout's yelling. But for me, that's kind of crossing the line. Yeah, I mean, I think they've done that. You know, yeah. uh, I, I think us, they've got some guys that do that, and the Braves really don't. I mean, they'll they'll chirp back, but they don't start that stuff. So you know, it's, uh, anyway, it, it motivated him, and you could tell. But just the you know, just the way they stepped up, that bullpen has to give them. They have to feel so good about it because with their lack of starting pitching after those first two guys, we don't know what Kyle Wright's going to do when he gets his first start. He, he he was preparing today for a start that neither he nor the team hoped he would make, and now right. he doesn't have to make it. But you know, he said he didn't want to make it. Well, he said, "I hope I don't have to make it, but I'm ready yeah. if I do." You know, I mean, he was confident; he seemed yeah. like it, but he was obviously hoping he wouldn't have to make it. So, um, they have to. The bullpen was just so damn good, though, that it has to give them at least uh, uh, the feeling that you know what. It worse comes to worse, and say Kyle Wright is getting, you know, it's coming apart on in the second inning. You yank him out of there if he gives up a couple of runs, or even if he just loads the bases with none out, and you've got a bullpen that can go seven innings for you. Yeah, and it's not going to be, you know, it'll be worse in a five game series. You don't want to tire him out, but but like they used seven relievers yesterday and their bullpen was fine today because they hadn't pitched in, you know, three days and now they're going to have four days off before this next series. So, you know, well, think it, think it six, seven innings from Max Freed and then the same from, uh, Ian Anderson in game two. Yep. The, the only hard thing about it is without having any off days in the next series. And then you're probably going to go with some kind of, you know, I don't know what the plan is for the four starter, if it's going to be a, a bullpen day or a, you know, piggyback or what they're going to do with a Noah. But, you know, if Wright had a bad start, it, you're lucky it's the playoffs because guys are willing to do stuff they wouldn't normally do during the season. Like I wasn't even sure Matzik would be up today after, you know, he only threw 25 pitches, I guess, but um, you're going to have to push the bullpen pretty hard if you have one bad start and there's not going to be any off days to recover. Right. But the thing I was thinking about though is, you know, that, that extra inning rule. I think it's a, a really good thing in the Braves' favor because they have such a damn good bullpen. Yeah. Yep. Um, you would have lost those moments with Minter getting out of the jam, Matza getting oh. out of the jam, but it also would have it would have leveled things out for Cincinnati not having no to doubt. beat the Braves' best relievers. So I think is that watching the game, you know, it started getting 10, 11, 12 innings in, and, and as a 
just somebody sitting on my couch, I wouldn't have minded it because I wanted that game over with. But um, from a player's standpoint, you know, you'd hate to lose that and have a playoff game decided by a runner starting on second base. Yeah. And they had 10 relievers. They could have gone another five, six yeah. innings if they needed <laughs> yeah, to. They were ready. They're going to, and then they'll have probably add a reliever for the best of five, you know, because they had an extra position player for this on a 28 man roster. I know you're not used to these numbers because you guys used to have 25, but they went with three catchers for this. And I would, I could see them dropping the catcher, you know, the extra catcher for that series. Or, you know, they had Culberson and Camargo made it, but Echevarria did not. So you'll need Camargo was there from said Echevarria, but I could see either Culberson or the extra catcher getting dropped. Uh, for that series and adding a reliever. Yeah, I think you'd want somebody like Tomlin, especially if if a game did get out of hand, that you could just throw out there and just let him throw till his arm falls off to to try to save your, you know, the rest of your pen. But the other thing about it that was crazy was the Braves never had any chance to come back this series. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, there's no blowout that's really big enough to just throw in the towel with this team. But you know, every every game was zero zero one zero until until they finally blew it open today. You know, they set a major league record with the 22 scoreless innings. Yeah. Yeah. No team ever started a series like that well, and they finished ended up finishing a series like that. But, you know, there's never been three-game series. So, um, it was – there was a lot to like, man, about the Braves, what how they responded. I mean, I just – nobody shit the bed, you know. Everybody answered. I mean, there was tons of strikeouts, yes, but a lot of that, you're facing Trevor Bauer, who's been, you know – arguably the best pitcher in the majors this year, him and Bieber. And you saw Bieber get lit up in his first playoff start. So yeah. Bauer was tremendous. And then had the balls to do the chop coming off the field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Some of that stuff you just feel like as a player, you feel like it's bad karma. <laughs> you yeah. get a little I'm, too cocky, a little too comfy. And how about how Freddie responded, man? Just a total professional response Freddie had. Yeah, know? I saw that. I don't think that's – they're probably saying it. They're, they're probably singing a different tune in the right. – uh, in the clubhouse. In the, in the clubhouse. But, <laughs> but publicly, Freddie says yeah. it's smart. He says what you're supposed to say. You know, don't give him fuel. Don't fan this thing. Don't make it any more bigger than it is. Just move on. That's fine. He could do what he wanted. And when he strikes out that many, he goes seven to two thirds. He had a great performance. We're just glad we got the win. You know, just be humble. And then go yeah, out and get did, another um, win. What Snit say about the uh, the selfie today? Oh, man. Snit was great. I've got the quotes right here. Oh, this is great. I wrote a lot about that in my story tonight. Yeah, that'll be there. That's uh, That'll be posted here shortly. But Snit said, uh, all the guys were laughing about it. The players loved it. I mean, but Snit said, uh, somebody said, what, Snit, what'd you think about the selfie? And he just, first he smiled. Then he just kind of chuckled, kind of shook his head like, what am I supposed to say here? He said, uh, yeah. <laughs> he said, Nothing surprises me anymore. And he laughed. <laughs> and he goes, that kind of that's that's kind of the age we're in. Then he laughed. Hey, <laughs> like that. I don't know. Laughs again. Then he said, you know what? I watch the highlights and I see guys strutting around and I see guys doing this and that. It doesn't even phase me anymore. That's where we're at in the game. And you know what? I better deal with it because it ain't going anywhere. It ain't going away. <laughs> I was like, that's the attitude we have. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of that was my mindset. I had a buddy text me and asked if it because I've been I've been telling people, you know, like that stuff doesn't bother me anymore. I'm not I'm not playing it. Whatever. I'm sitting on my couch. I'm not going to get fired up. But I had a buddy text me like he's like, come on, man. That had to at least bother you. I was like, honestly, <laughs> it it's just like Snit. Like nothing surprises you. Whatever happens, happens. I guess it's good for the game. Uh, hey. But it was funny because it looked like he had told his teammates he was going to do it. He did. And got, then he got wrapped up in the homer. 
and he started to run. Then he remembered he was supposed to do it and he stopped, but you could tell he was, he yeah. knew he was kind of pushing it <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> he didn't we, do it right away. So he knew he was kind of pushing it and he kind of got it in real quick and then started yeah. running around the bases. But I don't know. I'm same boat. It's just, it's whatever at this point, you know, you know, in his, po- in his post game interview, he said that uh, on TV, he said that he was going to do it between the, he told his teammates he was going to do it between third base and home, which didn't make any sense because right. when he did it at first, it looked like he was doing a selfie with his with his teammates in the dugout behind him. Yeah, yeah, no, maybe <laughs> so, that was a. That's what I'm saying. Maybe they were singing a different tune uh, in the clubhouse. You know, some of the stuff the Reds were doing, and it, it might have pissed him off. Where Zuna was like, "I'm going to take a selfie with them in the background." <laughs> yeah, and then he might have decided against it or whatever. Maybe, not. maybe but, I'll just bang it out right here at first base and get around the bases. But his teammates just loved it, man. And then when he came in the dugout, you saw you saw uh, Acuna right doing it, going, "Look, he did this, he did that." And they yeah. were like, they loved did it. you see what they did to Duvall, Duvall when he hit his home run? Same thing. Well, they had they brought him, Azuna brought him down to the end of the dugout. They were like fanning him, you know, yeah. and then it, it looked like they had him kind of shaking, dancing a little bit, you know. And Duvall's like, "Hey, that's not really me. I'm not really super flashy," <laughs> like which yeah. is an, the biggest understatement ever. But he was so caught up, and he said, "But you know, it was so big of a moment. They were so happy and everything that you know he did it." And uh, <laughs> well, yeah, once they once he hit that homer too, I mean, you felt like yeah. the game was over. Oh, they were finally able to relax after a little yeah. bit after the Azuna one. You know, uh, it's just like they're literally nobody had had a lead of more than a run. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you just didn't, you know, you you know they were one swing away from tying it, and then Azuna hits that one. It was like, oh, you, okay, it's going to happen now. Yeah, that took the pressure off. And then once Duvall hit his, it was I, I pretty much knew the game was over. You could have turned it off. I knew it was when Azuna the, the you know, the way the Reds yeah. offense was going, I knew yeah. they weren't gonna score three runs after scoring no runs for twenty one innings, you know? Yeah. I mean yeah. that's a bad yeah. offense. That Reds offense is a bad offense. And right now they're really not hitting. But I mean, you look at the averages up and down the lineup and you compare them to the Braves averages, you know, in OPSs. <laughs> Braves got all these guys hitting, you know, between like uh you know, two ninety and three forty. Red's got all these guys hitting like two hundred to two fifty. You know, yeah. Joey Votto is Votto a shell of same. what he was. He's yeah, a he shell of what he was. That guy used to be an on base machine, man. He did not strike out. You know, he just worked counts. And today, I mean, it's like he just looked like a normal guy up there striking out. Like you know, guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Credit to, to Ian Anderson. He yeah. The stuff he's throwing up there, you know, I, I mean, with, even if he didn't have the composure, yeah, the stuff he's throwing up there is just overwhelming the hitters. And, and you know, he's got a different angle. He's working. I think you had some quotes on that. But, yeah, you know, he's throwing – he's kind of he's pretty far over the top he hides the ball well and his fastball is just beating him and then he's got a change up that comes out of the same slot and drops a foot yeah. and he's throwing his curveball i mean he just he just overwhelmed him today it, it was his his composure is the thing that stands out to me the most though being oh absolutely this is like seventh major league start and he's just 22 years old cruising through a playoff game is it's, you don't see that too much i was talking to tom verducci after the game and he was like whoo that change up whoo yeah you mean that no, that might be as good as any changeup in baseball. Well, and I he's mean, placing it. You know, when he misses, yeah. he doesn't miss by much. Yeah, and he's throwing. You know, he could throw any pitch at any time for a strike with good command, and they weren't just strikes; they were quality strikes. Uh, I mean, if you look at it right now, man, the Braves almost have three guys you could call aces. Absolutely, it was Soroka man. hurt, but that, if if Soroka was healthy, oh, I'd man. like their chances of beating yeah. the Dodgers. I really yeah. would. It's yep. a shame because that this bullpen is it's never going to be better than this than this bullpen, you know. I mean, maybe they can sign a couple of guys or trade for a guy and kind of replace the ones one or two that they'll lose next year. It's going to be really good next year too, but this it'll never be better than right now. They're all healthy and they're all throwing. I mean, it's a filthy bullpen. Well, three lefties. If having yeah. three lefties that are throwing mid nineties. <laughs> And it, Smith's got the slider. Minner's oh. got Minner's. Minner, you know what? Minner adding in that changeup has changed his whole career. Oh, changed everything, hadn't it? Yeah, they're and all then, back next year. Those three. And Matzik's throwing 97, 98 invisible balls. He wasn't even locating those things. He was throwing. Maybe we throw it right down the middle. They swing through it. You know that just tells you yeah. it's just in the plus fastball. But man, that whole bullpen. They just uh, that was probably the you know what that does to another team's offense too to just keep seeing arms like that coming in there just wasn't really any hope for the reds at any point yeah that that fuck that door opens from that bullpen and it's like okay which yep. guy's coming in right <laughs> now with filthy stuff and from which yep. side yep i mean they don't yep. have a weak link in that in that bullpen right now yeah not to mention it's you can't even match up against them you know cuz cuz all all three lefties can get um mm-hmm. can get righties out i mean yep. the only guy that you might match up is is oday but yeah, other than that, right. you could you can give every single guy in that pan a full inning. And they're careful with O'Day too. Yeah. Yeah, they, they line it up well. Right. Um, yeah, the quotes uh first had David Bell, the Reds manager, said was talking about Ian Anderson. He said uh, he has a pretty elite fastball. So he'll throw fastballs down in the zone that look like balls and they yep. kind of stay right there. 
so he can work the bottom of the zone. He works at the top of the zone, the velocity, of course, but it seems like everyone throws hard right now. I think what makes his fastball elite is the way it has that rising effect so he can do it up in the zone and and down in the zone. Good breaking ball to go with it and really good changeup to keep you off that fastball. It was impressive what he did. And then he uh, just backspins it so well. mm -hmm. And then Barnhart, the catcher, Tucker Barnhart, he said, for me personally, his fastball and his changeup looked exactly the same. Uh, he is a fastball that nobody really comes to mind as far as the guys that are so over the top like him, almost like an Iron Mike pitching machine. His fastball and changeup, like I said, they look exactly the same. When a guy's got 95 with plus spin and a changeup that mirrors it, it makes it really difficult. Said he felt like we felt like as a group getting to his fastball was the play, but he didn't throw a lot of them today. At least to me personally, we made it. He made it tough. He kept us off balancing through all three pitches, and throwing all three of them for strikes. Yeah, just kept us off balance all day. Well, what he's saying about you know coming over the top like that, you know, mm-hmm. when you're directly behind a four seamer, it just has a different life and a different ride to it. It's it's just hard to throw from that arm angle. For most guys, don't have the mobility, but. If even if you look like a look at a guy like Josh Colmenter, he used to throw 87 yeah. and he was so over the top. You know, it was just a different life on the ball than guys were used to. And he was blowing 87, 88 by people, you know, in his prime. Yeah. And so you look at Anderson and you just imagine him having that same kind of life on his fastball, and he's hitting 96, 97 today with a changeup and a breaking yeah. ball. I mean, it's just it's a lot to uh, for a hitter to bite off. Yeah, I mean, this guy, he's uh well, he's special. Oof. Yeah, you can feel pretty good about him. I think he, <laughs> I haven't seen him really. There's not a test he hasn't passed yet. No, no. I mean, his first starts against the Yankees, he beats him. Start at Boston, he wins. Yeah. Then, then I thought he threw his best game today. I mean, I was just uh, that. And the thing was, he got in such trouble yep. in that second inning that yeah. I thought it was going to blow up on him. I thought, uh oh, he's going to give up a couple of runs here. And he gets out of a bases loaded jam. He gets uh, Barnhart to ground out. And yep, gets a force with the bases loaded, and that was a 32 pitch inning. So I'm like, okay, he's going to be lucky to be able to get through four because his pitch count's going to be so high. And he yeah. ends up getting six innings and 99 pitches after throwing 32 in that one inning. Yeah, and that's that's kind of why for me, you know, I mean, you look at the numbers; it's still a dominant start, six innings, you know, two, two walks and, and nine strikeouts, but absolutely every other inning other than that inning yep. was just. I mean, he just blew through the Reds lineup. He's perfect in the first inning, one strikeout. He's perfect in the third inning, two strikeouts. He's perfect in the fourth inning, two strikeouts. He faces four batters in the fifth. They got a little a ground ball hit, and he's got one strike, uh, two strikeouts. Perfect in the sixth, two strikeouts. So he had two strikeouts in the uh, third, fourth. Fifth and sixth innings, he had two strikeouts apiece in that, and he faced one batter over the minimum in that stretch after that second inning. Yeah, and not even to mention that they weren't, you know, that there was a lot of bad swings and, and bad takes. That that fastball uh-huh. down he kept throwing that they were taking. You know, I saw um, the pitching ninja guy. I don't know if, if you know who that guy is. He puts up a lot yeah. of gifts and different stuff. But, yeah, Chase he showed – he did a gif of um, – of Anderson's fastball and changeup, and they both started out of the same spot, right? And mm-hmm. the fastball wound up up above the zone, and the changeup wound up below it, and they both looked exactly the same. And that's that's what Barnhart was talking about, where they just that both pitches just look like the same pitch and and wind up in two completely different places. 
You know, I mean, if, yeah. when you have that and you're and he's mature and he's not panicking, he's got the composure. I mean, I, I could be more impressed with this guy. He was uh, he was the first Braves rookie ever to throw at least six scoreless innings in his postseason debut, and they've had some pretty good ones. Yeah. Um. He, Acuna said, "Absolutely incredible." Increíble, he said, because he said yeah. it in Spanish. He said, I was fortunate enough to see him play coming up through the minor leagues, and he's the same person. Uh, it's been said before, but he just looks like a veteran pitcher out there. He never yeah. seems to get anxious or, anxious or stressed out. He always seems to keep his emotions in check. It's been great to watch him pitch. He's a tremendous pitcher. I mean, you look at it, you know, you've we've talked about it before when the camera zooms in on a guy's face. And, and you can read a lot from their face, you know, what yeah. kind of emotions, if they're feeling yeah. tense, if they're feeling the pressure. I mean, you could see it on Matzik's face yesterday. He was pressing, mm -hmm. but he held it together and got through it. But Anderson always looks like there's nobody on base. And it's, you know, like just a spring training game. He, I mean, he's always looked so calm and comfortable. It's just it's something you don't, especially in a playoff game, but it's just something you don't see out of rookies. You know, the, the game has a tendency to speed up on him. And for me, there's never been a moment where I've been watching him pitch that he hasn't looked like he was in total control. Snit said he always looks at a guy, you know, like in the dugout between innings and that kind yep. of thing. And he said he looks down at Ian and he's just casual talking, whatever. He's just, a, and he said he's just totally different the way you, he's just so mature and, and relaxed. Um, by the way, Snit was talking about, you know, they've been in quarantine this week and they're staying right there yeah. at the Omni, which is, you know, yeah. three minute walk to the field. It's like right across the, the way from the field. So it's been a perfect place for them to have to quarantine. But, Snit said uh, uh, about the drop being over. He said, I think it's great. We go into every series, whether it's a playoff or regular, se regular season series, to win the series. We won the series. Now maybe we can put that behind us and go ahead. We'll, we'll go in and try to win the next series, but it feels good. I, he said, I told somebody the other day, man, I really want to go to Houston. I want to get go experience that. I want to get locked in another bubble and play these games. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I yeah. told the guys, we got a couple of boxes we want to check off. We checked one off today, and I'm happy for them. We're excited. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice to get that that first one out of the way too. When when there's been kind of this pressure of getting past the first round of the playoffs, and I know it's only a three game series, but but winning a playoff series for these guys has to mean a lot. Absolutely, I mean it, it worked out well for them, you know, to get this one to, to be able to play this best of three early, not let the starting pitching lack of depth, uh, you know, potentially undermine them. Get it out of the way. Now you got all this confidence going in, and I mean, even without having, you know. Kyle Wright has pitched really well in his last couple of starts, so he might be a solid number three. So even without a number four, though, they got to like their chances with the bullpen. And if they face the Marlins or the Cubs, because I think they can beat either of those teams with the pitching they have. With their, uh, those are not those are, are not great teams. Either one of those teams. Yeah, and you'd rather honestly you'd rather face the Marlins just because the Braves yeah. seem to have a great track record against yeah. them, and the so Cubs have a ton of experience. And they you know, and they already hit six to they hit all their good pitchers already. Yeah, and with the Cubs, you know, you got the benefit, the same benefit that the um, that they, that Anderson had against the Reds today. They haven't seen them, so yeah. the Reds, like they said, that you know they were looking for the fastball and they thought that was the plan, but mm -hmm. they weren't ready for the fastball they got. So either way, either matchups really good for Freed and Anderson. And, and here's the thing: I think the layoff could hurt right a little bit. Yeah, you know what? They're going to play a sim game tomorrow at the field because they're standing right, right there pitch. at the Omni and they're yep. going to have their uh, 
the guys that they have the 12 guys on the taxi squad, right? So they're going to have yep. those guys play a sim game, and I guarantee you they'll have right pitch. I'd have normal. right pitch, and I'd put like 2,000 on every at bat <laughs> just okay. to, you know, just to up the, the pressure for him yep. so he's used to it. Because that would be a start. So they'll just let him do a start and regular. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, oh, I was going to say, I guarantee, I'll almost guarantee you after this, after the doing nothing offensively really until the eighth inning today, I bet you that in the first or second game of this division series, the Braves put up score a 10 spot. like eight runs. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're due. They're due to blow up, especially if they face the Marlins, the guys they're familiar with. Well, I mean, if you look at the innings that they didn't face Bauer or Castillo today, too, you know, it's yeah. Once they got those guys out of the game, they were good. Yesterday they weren't, you know, after after Bauer came out. Well, but Lucas they, Sims was pretty pretty damn vicious today too. Yeah, he was them. nasty. He struck out the side. Yeah, that, but that's you know, it's it's tough to be too critical of of all the strikeouts when you look at the stuff they were facing, you know. But yeah, we'll see. I mean. It, there's there's no there's no pitcher I think that could contain this offense and I think Bauer just he did what he's been doing all year and had a great start and Castillo did too but uh, whoever they face in the next round is gonna the odds are just stacked against them because the team's due for an A spot. No doubt. Well, showing MLB Network right now, showing the highlights. They just showed Azuna's selfie a few times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then they showed. Oh, I see. They had. Uh, what they did with Duvall was they had him, they brought him to the end of the dugout and had him do a selfie with yeah, us. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, that was fun. Uh, it's going to be uh, interesting. Going to be, uh, the, this is never a dull team. That's for sure. Even when there's a whiffathon, it's still an exciting team with the relievers they got going and everything. So, but they got till they got four days to get uh, rest and and uh it's gonna be good for Acuna because that wrist is sore still. So four days off will be good for him to get it ready again so he can get another five hundred foot bomb. Yeah. And uh but uh onward and upward, you know. They uh they did Tuesday, what they wanted right? to do. Yeah, they start Tuesday in the bubble at Houston. Nice. This seven fifty five is real. We'll talk to you again on Tuesday before uh that series starts. We're out. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 